So if you can, um, reach into your pockets. We've got so many ways of giving. You can go on to uh, in-service, pay fast. You can check accounts, Zappa, all of the facilities. And if you are unable, we trust that the printing model and then God increases your ability to give. So while the ushers are going around just uh, doing the collection, I'm just going to pray over the office and then Church, and I greet you this morning in his wonderful name, amen, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Glad to see some new faces in the house this morning. Welcome. We're glad to have you. I met a little special boy this morning. I don't know where he is now. He might be in Sunday school. Katlejo uh, is in Sunday school. All right, um, invite him to use as well, because I think he's a little uh, older for Sunday school. This morning, I'd like to give special honor to this morning, I'd like our praise and worship team. Um, I think you deserve a round of applause. You know, we really thank God for laborers in the field, amen. Uh, our pastor and I should say the tribe of Elliot and the tribe of Radameh um, are away for a couple of days and what a blessing that there are laborers who can stand in and hold up the, 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 the man of God's hands, amen. amen. So we don't take it for granted, we thank you for serving with excellence, uh, we know that you don't just come and stand here and are excellent. You work at it. And God has put that desire on the inside of you. So every one of you, we appreciate you. We thank you. Chano, thanks. Uh, and uh, Keenan for the sound um, as well. We appreciate you. Um, and uh, this morning, has, has anybody heard of the sandwich effect? So the sandwich effect says, start with something good. Then you can give the little bit of the sobering in the middle and then close with something good. Okay, so before I go into the sobering facts, I'm going to start with something good and I'm going to pray. Father, we come to you this morning in that precious and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us before your altar, before your throne, for a time such as this, as laborers, according to your purpose and for your glory and for your honor. Lord, I stand here this morning, humbled as your servant and honored to be used of you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you direct my tongue, that you would use me 
this vessel of clay for your glory and for your word that you have purposed for a time such as this. And the Church of Rebirth says, Amen, Amen. in agreement. So, on Friday, I went to my favorite takeaway shop to get a quick takeaway while still busy with uh, preparing the word. And the quick little pop-in that I went to the takeaway booth wasn't actually that quick um, because of various circumstances. But when I got to the takeaway, um, I actually thought that the takeaway was on fire. This being because there was smoke pouring out of the front door. So I stood and looked at it for a bit and I thought, hey, now what? But I saw, hey, hold on, people are going in. Um, so I thought, okay, people are going in, let me go and see what is going on. So I walked in the front door, smoke is billowing out, and people are standing and ordering food. The food must be really good, eh? So I went in, spoke to the owner, and I said, what is happening? And she said, wow, this is our new normal. We are pushing on, we are pushing through, um, through the choking smoke, through the tear-filled eyes, because the extractor fan has no power, it's load shedding. Now, things have gotten a little worse, because maybe you can close for one hour and say, I'll be back online just now, maybe two hours, but when they say four hours, they start talking about load shedding, six, seven, I don't know where we are at right now, but as a business owner, you've then got to make decisions. Do I close shop for four hours? Which could mean closing shop. Which could mean affecting people's lives. The very food that we are preparing to give to somebody else might mean if we don't do it, no food on our tables. This is what was happening in the store. And I, I must say, I looked at it, I ordered my, my food, but my heart was sore. My heart was so sore that this is what people are going through. This is what people are facing. Challenging times, which really puts us emotionally unstable, emotionally um, sensitive. So, I really prayed and said, hey Lord, you know, we, we, we go about life. People are really struggling. We don't see what is happening out there. Give us hearts sensitive to people that we can take the time and speak and really say, how are you? And wait for the answer. You know, really give time to one another. So we pray for that takeaway as well this morning that God would make a way for them. It's really tough for a business that doesn't have backup, eh? Yeah. So, here's some of the sobering stuff that I spoke about. Thank you, God, that we can come to you in prayer before looking at all of these things. So, here's some stats, recent stats, uh, with regards to South Africa, and uh, the recent past, and also current. So, I want us to look at where we are where we've been and where we're going to, okay? With regards to our moral laws, with regards to the recent past, same-sex marriages have been legal in South Africa since 2006. Abortions were legalized in 1996. Recreational cannabis was legalized in 2018. Transgender is the current buzzword okay with regards to our basic needs where are we at the south african reserve bank has had eight consecutive repo hikes since november 2021 sobering facts food inflation accelerates to 13.4 percent in january bread and cereals, these are staple basic needs, recorded the highest inflation rate in January of 21.8%. Meat inflation has increased to 11.2% in 
in January from 9.7% in December. Electricity production decreased by 8.3% year on year in December 2022. Uh, I read yesterday that fuel prices are set to go up uh, next month um, as much as again 120 plus uh, for fuel and diesel. Now, rather sobering facts, right? This is what we as people are experiencing. Nobody is immune from this. Everybody is experiencing this. Now, anybody familiar with Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs? Okay. So, the five-tier model of human needs that Maslow talks about. He's got the triangle, okay, and it's got the five different levels of the triangle. And he says that each level, as you start from the top, from the bottom of the pyramid going up, he says a human being is basically focused on each need as you're going from the top and won't move on to the requirement for the next need until this need has been met and fulfilled. So the physiological needs are what is critical for us, okay? What we wear, what we eat, our daily living, our basic needs, okay? That is being threatened right now. Many people can't put bread and cereal on the table. The second part is safety and security. Now remember, as I'm going up, he says that if you can't meet this need, you're not so worried about the next need. So if there's no bread on my table, I'm finding it very hard to worry about is my alarm system working because I'm hungry at this point in time. So our safety and security with regards to our personal space, with regards to our job security and all of those things is a factor. Then goes on to love and belonging. Love and belonging in terms of our families, our friends, our society, our community. Now remember, if I'm not feeling safe and if I don't have bread, I, I'm not so worried about a do you accept me or be okay or not? I'm hungry. I'm feeling unsafe. You know what? I'll get to this relationship. Okay? Esteem is the next. How do I feel about myself? My self-esteem. Once again, if all of those things below, you know what? I hear what you're saying. I might not be looking so presentable today, but I'm hungry. Do you understand? Do you understand? The last part of it is self-actualization in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where you want to be the best and the most that you can be. Now, if all of those things be needed, they haven't been taken care of, do you think I am concerned about I need to be the best that I can be? I am hungry right now. I don't feel safe. I'm in an uncomfortable space in my life. You know, we look at all of those things. Remember I mentioned the part of transgender has come, become the new buzzword right now. What is the world doing? The world is actually saying, your basic needs, I'm going to take those things away. I'm going to desensitize you to the bigger things out there because then you'll be more accepting, accepting of it. If I'm hungry, I don't care that you want to call yourself a cow. I don't care that you want to call yourself a man if you are actually God made you a woman because I'm hungry. I've become desensitized right now. So you know what? Carry on with what is going on there because I, my physical is in need right now. So we find the moral issues of the heart are being attacked, but they're going over our head. Why? Because our immediate needs, according to Maslow's theory, are not.
being made. Now Maslow, funny enough, talks, bless you, Maslow's theory talks about all these basic needs. God's word does say, don't worry about what you will wear and what you will eat. Flips the script. God actually starts with, let's worry about what's going on in here. I promise you that all these other things will be taken care of if you put your trust in me. If you put your trust in me. I'm not diminishing for one moment what any of us are going through. It's tough times. But where is our hope? What is in our hearts this morning? The message and the title of my sermon this morning is Heart Space. Heart Space. What are we renting space to in our hearts? And what does it mean for us? You know, we are faced with the toughest economical challenges right now, but they challenge our social relationships. So what has been challenged? The family unit is being challenged. Marriages are being challenged. And why wouldn't the enemy go this way? Because the very essence of the church is built on marriage, is built on families. If that can be taken and rubbish and destroyed, what is he doing? Our focus has come to our physical needs, but the Bible, the Word of God says, do not focus on this or what you will eat. Don't worry about that for tomorrow. Focus on me. Focus on me. Here's the reality. And here's a question that I want us to pose to each one of us this morning. Is our identity being stolen by the enemy because of our physical needs? And what is your identity? Christ says that we are kingdom citizens. We are kingdom citizens. If we, do, if we lose the identity of us being kingdom citizens, guess what? There's two things that could happen. One of two things. You either become a kingdom builder or you become a kingdom breaker. You are for God or you are against God. You are being used by God or you are being used by the enemy. Heart space. What are we renting space to this morning? Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all things. Above all things. Guard your heart. Because out of your heart flows the issues of life. Are we guarding our hearts this morning? What are we giving rental space to in our hearts this morning? Are we kingdom builders instead of kingdom breakers? Our reading of God's word this morning comes from Matthew 15, verses 1 to 20. That's the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew 15. And we're going to read from verses 1 to 20. Can I get an amen for the reading of God's word this morning? I thank you, Lord, for good eyesight this morning. Matthew 15, verses 1 to 20. Let's read. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the, the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God then he need not honor his father or mother thus you have made the commandment of God 
of no effect by your, by your tradition. Hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. When he had called the multitudes to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard the saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to them, Explain this parable to us. Jesus said, Are you still without understanding? Do you not understand yet? That whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. I've shared before that Jesus did not come to destroy the law, he's come to fulfill the law. Man is worried about what we are doing on the outside, looking holy. God is worried about what we are giving rental space in our hearts too. What is in your heart? Not what you are doing in the physical. Not what we are doing in the physical. So, so, so the Pharisees are criticizing Jesus about ceremonial washing and Jesus uses the opportunity to teach the disciples about what really matters, what really is defiling you. Like we said and read in verse 19, some of the defiling characteristics, and I'm going to go through a couple of um, stories out of the Bible, and I don't want to use the word stories, realities out of the Bible. And when I'm telling you about them, see if you can pick up some of these things, the defining characteristics that he's talking about. Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Now, the content of our heart space can affect and change the lives of ourselves and of others positively and negatively. But the polluted content of somebody else's life can also get you into trouble. If you allow your heart space to be compromised. So, I want you to remember Proverbs 4.23, above all, guard your heart. Out of this flows the issues of life. So, I'm going to go through three points with regards to heart space content. Let me tell you what those uh, points are. So, point number one, a polluted heart. Okay. A polluted heart. Point number two, the danger of being used in a polluted heart's agenda. 
the danger to you and I of being used in a polluted heart's agenda. And then also a tested heart space. A tested heart space. And then I'm going to end it with telling us all about the heart space that God desires for us to have. Amen? So, Matthew 14, the chapter before this chapter that we've just read. Some drama is going down. So, you thought days of our lives and bold and the beautiful and they were very creative and all of these things. All of these things are found in the Bible. So, we've got some real days of our lives and, and what's the new things happening these days? Hey, I don't know. So... I thought you were going to, I knew you were going to come with some Afrikaans something. Yes, uh, Dean. So, in chapter 14, we read about how John the Baptist gets to lose his head. Literally. Literally. So, we get introduced to Herod Antipas. Now, don't be confused by this Herod. Remember there was another Herod the Great. Um, that killed all male babies under the age of two when Jesus was born to try and get rid of the prophecy of the king of the Jews is coming. That was Herod the Great. That was the father of this guy, Herod Antipas. Now after, so, 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 Herod the Great was great in all things. He had ten wives. Can you imagine? Ten wives. Fathered 15 kids from these ten wives. After he passed away, his kingdom gets divided into four, right? Um, amongst Herod Antipas and two brothers and one sister. Now, Herod Antipas is called a tetrarch, which is a governor over one quarter of the kingdom. A governor over another part of the kingdom was his half-brother, <coughs> Philip, with me in the story so far. So we've got Antipas and we've got half-brother Philip. Here's where uh, uh, Bold and Beautiful comes in. Philip had a wife called Herodias. Alright, maybe Herod liked the name or something, I don't know. So, Herod comes to visit. Herod casts his eyes on Herodias and thinks, she's better off with me. But Herodias does the same. They actually divorce their partners so that they can be together. Uh, do you remember I read some of those uh, things that defile you? Okay, I think uh, that was one of them. Alright, so they divorce their partners so that they can be together. In comes John the Baptist, full of the word of God. And he then says to them, this is nonsense. Straight up in the king's face, this is nonsense. This is against the law of God. How can you do this? So Herodias and Herod Antipas are obviously not impressed by this. For his trouble, John the Baptist gets some prison time. Right. Fast forward to Herodias Antipas's birthday. Some fun things going on at this particular birthday party. We've got the daughter of um, Herodias, okay, who is now the niece of Herod Antipas, following me? Okay, but now she's also the stepdaughter of Herod Antipas. So she comes forth to start dancing as a gift to the king and his friends. And the Amplified word in the in the Bible, let me get this uh, right, says she was dancing immodestly before the king. So I think there must have been lots of tequila and, and Jägermeisters and all of that thing going down at this birthday party because Herod Antipas looks and we heard about the immodest part, so he must have been aroused on top of this. Alcohol, the, 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 these feelings that he has, and he says, I'll give you whatever you want. Ask of it. I'll give you whatever I want. Whatever you want. Hey, alcohol is dangerous, folks. 
So Salome, as a child who looks up to the appearance, would do, I've been offered this amazing something, goes to her mother, Herodias, and says, what do I do? What do I do? Let me give you context of the heart space of Herodias. She was offended by what John the Baptist had said. She was not convicted, repented, and said, Lord, I repent. She started holding and harboring this grudge. It started festering on the inside of her. So much so that when her daughter, her offspring, the one that she loves, comes and says, I've been given the chance of a lifetime. What do I do with it? She answers from a euphoria of revenge. She does not think about the child that is here in front of her. She does not think about, I can change your life. I've given birth to you. I can give you blessings. I can give you life. She chooses to give her own daughter curses and death. Can you imagine saying to your child, ask for the head of John the Baptist on a plate. How polluted must your heart space be to do that to your own child? So we see instead of life and blessings, we see curses and death spewing forth. Unfortunately, John the Baptist loses his head through this. Are you picking up some of those things that defiles one in the polluting of your heart? How often are we blinded by hurt? Are we blinded by offense that we cannot see past the good that God is trying to do in our lives or in the lives of others? We respond from that place of hurt. If you have a chance, um, look up T.D. Jakes gives a teaching um, that's called He Motions and talking about how the enemy comes to break up a home. Break up the father, take the father away from the mother and the kids and what's happened? You're left with a mother who is hurt bringing up a, a, a little boy trying to teach him how to be a strong man. Hurt people hurt people. This is like the reference in the Bible, your child asking you for a piece of bread and you give a stone instead. A piece of fish and you give a snake instead. This is the reality of a polluted heart. So this morning, once again, just a challenge to us all to do a re-audit on what is happening. What are we renting space to? in our hearts and when we are presented with opportunity how do we respond to that with life and blessings or with curses and death point number two the danger of being used in polluted other people's polluted heart agendas if your own heart has no space for godly wisdom, you then can be used in other people's agenda because you don't even see them coming. We've just finished the book of Daniel and heads up, we're going into the book of James. Heads up if you want to get some um, extra reading. But in Daniel 6, let's look at a polluted heart agenda using somebody. Alright, we have the governors and satraps who come and approach King Darius at that point in time. And they come and appeal to Darius's ego with fancy words. And fancy and fake words about, I care about your kingdom, your rule and your reign. I'm coming to you, presenting the story to you, but it's all based on, I care about you. Okay? So the governors and satraps come and say, listen, um, live forever, King Darius. I think you should decree this law 
that everybody should be praying just to you, honoring you as the, you are the king. They must want King Darius. Ah, oh, this is a great idea. These people, these governors who are putting, they are thinking about me, my reign, and what I do. Yes, let's put this law into play. So he did not see the agenda behind this. Now here goes Daniel saying, I know the law has been passed, but I know who my God is. He goes and prays. They go and watch and observe, and then they run back to the king. They run back to the king, and the, and, and the New King James Version says, Excuse me. They thronged before the king, coming as a whole group. Now here's the king listening to this and he's like, they don't even just come and say, listen king, we saw Daniel doing A, B, and C. They first come and remind the king that, king, didn't you, didn't you decree this law? Then leaving out the point of, we came as snakes and said, you know, do this in this way. Didn't you put this law into play? Yes, I did. The king is still not seeing what he's affirming. Yes, I did. Then the agenda comes out and says, yes. Because of what you put into play, that one that you favor so much because of his excellence that you want to give charge of all your land is in contravention to that law that you placed. So now you are at liberty to do something about it. Now you are drawn into other people's agendas that is not even your fight. Because of other people's heart space. You are drawn into something because wisdom is not a part of our heart space. Have we invited God and said, Holy Spirit, teach me to keep my mouth closed and to hear before I respond. Before I respond, I might just be drawn into something which has absolutely nothing to do with me. So King Darius is now obviously uh, very perturbed, but God turns around the situation for his glory, for Daniel's vindication, and for the death of those who are trying to break down the kingdom of God. We need to pray for godly wisdom in the situations that we are facing in this earth. In the traumas that we are facing according to that Maslow's theory, it's easy for us to be offended because we're dealing with so much else on the outside. It's, we are targets. We are free prey because I'm hungry. I agree. I agree. Because I'm already disgruntled. So I will be be buying into your agenda so much easier. Matthew 10 verses 16 says, I am sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. This is how your heart space should be. The Amplified continues to say, having no self-serving agenda. It's all about the master's agenda. Once again, are we building the kingdom as kingdom citizens or are we being drawn into the enemy's agenda and inevitably breaking down the kingdom? Point number three, a tested heart space. A tested heart space. So, we head over to the book of 1 Samuel 24. We see Paul and um, Saul at this point in time who's chasing down David because of his increasingly polluted heart space. Saul's now. Saul has become jealous over David. He sees God's anointing on, on David's life and also that David has been promised to be prophesied to be the new king. So this heart space of his is already holding a grudge. He's already coming to the point of, I don't like this. It says that David, sorry, Saul pursued David with 3,000 chosen men. 
How intent are you on killing this man? 3,000 chosen men going after David. And we see where David is in the very cave that Saul decides to go and relieve himself. Now you've got to be careful here. Remember your heart space. That God heart space that you've been given will be tested. David is in the cave, right? Saul is there too, but David's men are with David. David's very men who are there to support him say to him, this has got to be the work of the Lord. Because remember, a prophecy came and said that your enemy will be handed over to you. They said to him, David, now is the time. This is, this is prophecy coming to the fore. But in verse 5 in 1 Samuel 24, it says that David's heart was troubled. With that that he got from people that were on his side, his heart was troubled. He was like, I hear you. I remember that prophecy. My enemy will be delivered into my hand. But the testimony of his heart trumped the testimony from man's mouth. What and who are we listening to? David's heart was troubled and he said, Far be it from me to stretch out my hand against God's anointed. He was right there and he could have. How often do we in our hurt states reach out our hands to God's anointed? We find a lot of that in the church these days. And we don't have this type of, of, of reverence and say, Lord, I believe that vengeance is yours. I believe that, you know what, you are God on the throne. It's not my problem to go and reach my hand against this anointed. You've put that anointed there. You will take that anointed out in your time. I think that's why God tells us also to pray for those in authority. He did not say murder them. He did not say murder them, even in our hearts. Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Having no self-serving agenda. Here's the litmus test for you and I. When that person who has offended us, that person who... We are harboring that, that unforgiveness towards when that person is placed in a position where you actually can put your hand against them. Do you? Do you? Or does the word of God on the inside say, no? Does the word of, the God, of, of God on the inside of your heart space remind you and convict you that God is on the throne? You don't need to do that. You don't need to defile yourself with evil thoughts and with murder. So, going to point number four, in terms of what is actually the heart space that God requires us to have? Remember, our purpose on this earth is to be kingdom builders as kingdom citizens and not kingdom breakers. Which means that we need to have something happening on the inside of our hearts. Right? Here's the heart space that God wants us to have. If we head over to the epistle, um, Paul writing a letter to Philemon, the book of Philemon. And Paul writes this uh, letter to Philemon and he says to him, I have with me a slave whose name is Onesimus. Okay? I, I'm sending him back to you, but I want you to accept him as not a slave anymore, as your brother in Christ. Now, background here. Philemon was a wealthy guy, and we know that he had at least one slave, this slave, Onesimus. In the Roman Empire at that point in time, it was very common to have slaves. In fact, slaves made up a third of the population, would you believe? Slaves were not legally 
recognized as people. Slaves were recognized as tools, essentially. The owner of the slave could use the slave for whatever he deemed he wanted to. The slave owners saw relevance in training them because they owned them. Training them as doctors, lawyers, teachers, all of those things. They had those qualifications, but they were still a slave. Okay? They were still a slave. They could not do as they pleased with their lives. So we've got to recognize that this slave, actually it was, it was in those days better to be a slave than a free man because at least as a slave you were assured of being taken care of. You were assured of being taken care of. Now this slave who was having a privileged life steals from his master and runs away. Okay, so he's broken a couple of laws here in the, in the Roman Empire. He goes to Paul, he goes to Rome, meets Paul, gives his life to God, gets transformed in his heart. Now, Paul starts interceding on his behalf and appeals to Philemon and says, I know this guy has done wrong by you. Got to remember that Philemon was also saved under Paul's ministry. Philemon also had this transformation in his heart. So now he's saying to Philemon, I know the world says that this slave who is a tool, who is a thing, I want you to, to transform your mind and no longer look at the slave as a thing and as a tool. I want you to see him as a brother in Christ, as a laborer in Christ, who is going to be used as a kingdom builder. I want you to forget what the, the Roman Empire and the world is saying to you about how you should treat this man. He's done wrong by you, but I'm saying, accept him back in. He's saying to, to Philemon, that heart space that God wants you to have, well, it's more than just talking about it. Now you've got to actually do it. Now think about this. That particular event that happened in the Bible is exactly how Jesus Christ is interceding on our behalf. We are that slave that wasn't deserving of the goodness of God. Jesus Christ is interceding for us and saying, I've, I've, I've interacted with this slave. He's received me. He's been transformed. And I am saying to you also, that hard space that you had towards him, that offense that you had towards him, the unforgiveness that you had towards him, I want you to look at him in a new light. I want you to look at him through God's eyes, my eyes, not man's eyes. Our own heart spaces are polluted. Our own heart spaces are polluted. Without God, we lost. Without God, we will respond and say, give me the head of John on a platter. We are no better than that lady. I listened this morning so powerful the, the word um, of the of the day on the bible app was from romans 12 21 it says do not be overcome and conquered by evil but overcome evil with good and this guy that was delivering the message talks about his grand that was 80 years old and serving fervently in the church and he says that when she was at home in her 80s, two young men broke in and held her at knife point. They took all the money that she had left in this world. Everything, every last cent. So his grand calls his mom and says to her, oh, I just don't know how I'm going to deal with this now. My prayer list is already so long. Now I have to add two more people to this prayer list. 
how do we respond? Do we respond with God's heart space or do we respond with our own? This is a challenge to each one of us, family. There's lots of offense going around. There's lots of opportunity for us to ask for the head of John the Baptist. But God is saying to us, think about what I've done for you in your life and respond from a heart space of Jesus on the inside of you. Jesus on the inside of you. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let us be careful of what we are declaring, life or death, blessings or curses. That is the word of God this morning. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning so thankful for your word that is able to convict us, that is able to give us a check. Father, so many times we think that we're okay, but we walk around with polluted hearts. So many times we convince ourselves that I am better than the next one. But our hearts are polluted, Father. This morning, we ask you to convict us and to show us, just illuminate that that is renting space in our hearts that has no place there. Father, you have gone to the cross. You've shed your blood for us that our sin might be wiped away. Our sin that is as scarlet is now as white as snow. In you and not through us or anything that we've done. This morning we repent for our hearts of unforgiveness. We repent for having hearts of offense, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't have that half heart of unforgiveness towards us. You've loved us before we even knew you. So this morning I pray for each and every one of us under the sound of my voice, oh Father, that you would do a miracle work in our lives so that we become kingdom builders and not kingdom breakers. We are citizens of the kingdom above all other things that we do on this earth. We give it all back to you, Lord, because you first given it to us. Father, we pray now that even as we go into this new week, that you would remind us constantly of this word, constantly of how we respond, constantly of what the abundance of our heart is. Holy Spirit, convict us. That we walk according to your purpose and according to your glory. Church of Rebirth in Agreement says Amen and Amen. Family, thank you so much. Um, please do uh, stay and fellowship with us. We've got some um, eats and drinks. We'd like to say hi, know who you are, and tell you a little bit about what we're doing. And also we'd like to pray for you. If you haven't filled out a card, please do that, and uh, you can just hand it to anyone on the team. Bless you. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> you can leave it as a pocket. I am. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. 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 Thanks